my friend, are listening to The Happy Hearthstone. This episode is brought to you, as always, by listeners just like you. Thank you so much to Frank P., Major Death, Tim K., Barbaric Yop, Boticus, Wicked Good, Brett R., Doge TK, Mr. Jones, Trevor Y., and Avantes for supporting the show. You can join them and get some great perks for yourself over at patreon.com slash thehappyhearthstone. And if you haven't pre-ordered Savers of Old Doom yet, there's a way that you can get the single player when it's released for free and support the show in the process. Go check it out over at the blog article at thehappyhearthstone.com. Hello and welcome to episode 173 of the Happy Hearthstone, the longest running Hearthstone podcast in the history of space and time and cards. I'm your host, Andrew Brown. This is going to be another week where I'm joined by you. You and me hanging out. We had a little snafu with scheduling and guests that were coming on, but that's okay uh, because I've actually got a pretty fun show for you today. I know that a lot of us might be feeling around this time a little bit worn and weary of the meta, the cards. Just I, I, I know this is a cycle that we go through every single expansion, where now that it's been announced and we've started seeing some of those cards, we're really so ready for that that it kind of makes it tough sometimes to uh, boot up Hearthstone to find the fun and all that stuff. So what I decided to do today was actually give you a sneak peek at three different decks that are way off the wall uh, and a lot of fun. Some of them are actually kind of competitive, and I'd love to (laughs) equip you with those. Um, But whether you're looking for fun or just something really completely unexpected, this is going to be a great show. Uh, And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Before we get there, of course, I have to talk about why I'm happy today. I was honestly trying to think before I hit the record button, why am I happy today? Like, what's, uh, what's been good that I can tell you all about? And the truth is that during this time period of, uh, of infancy, of hanging out with a newborn so often, days are pretty samey for the most part. And they're not really, uh, you know, overflowing with things that maybe would be, I don't know, fun or uh, for me necessarily. It's just all about, hey, we've got to, you know, we got to take care of this little dude. We got to help him out. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a huge fan of the infant phase, if I haven't said that yet. I think I'm coming into more being comfortable with that. It's not that I, you know, there aren't cute moments and stuff. I just don't get I get a ton out of it. So, uh, so I, I honestly have to push myself to say, hey, this is my son. I need to bond with him now uh, because I'm laying a foundation for a relationship, all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, so there hasn't been a ton going on like in my personal life or in the house because we're just, uh, we're chilling for the most part. My wife is transitioning into being a full-time mom. And so that's kind of the big thing for our, our family is just figuring that out. I will say, you know, my wife and I actually took some time on Sunday night. Uh, we, I, just to be transparent, uh, most nights we are so tired. <laughs> it's just like, uh, you know, we'll turn on Netflix, we'll... Uh, I turn on Netflix. I mean, that's, <laughs> we'll talk about a movie we want to watch. I mean, it really is like, can we just find something to do together that's pretty chill? Uh, and she actually had the idea. We usually uh, go and hang out with some people and, and work on our marriage with them on Sunday nights. And we couldn't because uh, Lane was sick this week. And she said, you know, why don't we, why don't we take some of that material and just talk through it ourselves? And so we did. We actually were looking at our strengths finder results. Uh, some of you might be familiar with that. It's a self-examination tool a lot of uh, companies, businesses use. And it's really helpful for learning just, uh, you know, your your strengths. The name is, the name kind of tells you what it's all about, obviously. And, uh, and so we were thinking about it in terms of our marriage. Like, what are the strengths that we bring to the table? For those of you who are buffs, I'll tell you, I've got strategic and adaptability at the top of mine. Uh, so there you go. Um, and it was a really rich conversation. Honestly, like it wasn't even that, um, I, she and I like this kind of stuff. We like, uh, being like lifelong learners, learning more about ourselves, about our marriage. And at the end of that night, I mean, we probably spent maybe 30, 45 minutes looking at these sheets, reading over them, asking questions back and forth. And we just felt really connected at the end of that. And 
it's it was a good reminder for me that it's it's okay to be tired it's okay to check out we all need some veg time uh, now and then but with the relationships that matter uh it's really important to find good rhythms of connecting intentionally and and not necessarily just going out on a date or something with you know a spouse or loved one um you uh you need more than that. You need an intentional conversation, and so we were thankful that we kind of had this as low hanging fruit, honestly. And it was a, it was a real, it was a real treat, I gotta say. So yeah, I'm I'm honestly also happy because work this week is a little bit different. We have um, we have these cycles of like sales conferences that happen in my uh, in my day job. And usually people will come out. We have a lot of people on our team who work remotely. They'll come out and. Uh, and be here for those. We're having a day of fun this week. So Thursday, uh, getting paid a full-time salary to do something fun and mysterious. Our boss won't tell us what it is. So I I thought it was laser tag last night until I realized that uh, the one hint she gave us doesn't really doesn't really work. So never mind. I'm back to I have no clue. <laughs> but but it's nice to have a week that's pretty different. Um, you know. Uh, friends that I've made through through working and stuff, get to hang out with them and do some fun stuff. So it will be a good time. In the Hearthstone world, I guess I haven't updated you necessarily directly on that. So I hit Legend last month with uh, Pogo Rogue. And this month, I really wanted to just play it again and just keep going. And Vanish going to the Hall of Fame was a game changer for that deck. Uh, not nearly what I was hoping it would be. And so I've been watching, there are actually a couple pros. Frozen's probably been the most prolific uh, heralder of the Pogo gods. <laughs> and uh, so I w- he actually came out with a, a explainer video about the deck, and so I watched that. I saw somebody on the Asia server got number one legend with a list. I just wasn't able to really get it to be consistent. So I started tinkering with different decks, uh, trying a bunch of stuff. I actually went all the way down to uh, the rank 5 floor, and now I've been steadily making my way back. I actually played some Mech Paladin. I thought, I haven't really played much of that deck, so I tried it out. Pretty strong, went 3-0 with that. It's a small sample size, but uh, that was good. And then I've been playing Bomb Warrior for the past uh, few days, going back to my first love with Rise of Shadows, obviously. <laughs> and uh, And that's been pretty fun and very effective. I've uh, the control warrior matchups are obviously just um, really uh, slog fest, you know. But I, I think I've won every one of them, if I'm, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, this is a list that does run a copy of Archivist Elysiana, so you can keep up with them to a point with that. But most of the time, you don't need it. You just uh, stuff a bunch of bombs in their deck. I, <laughs> I was, uh, I was playing a control warrior, and I had uh, 20 armor, so I was at 50 health. I had them down to like seven or something, and it just reminded me of the the meme uh, from uh, what what is it Captain the Captain's ship? I can't remember. But when he says, "Look at me, I'm the captain now," and so I was saying, "Look at me, I'm the control warrior now." <laughs> so anyway, uh, so yeah, I'm having fun with that, and on and I don't know what's gonna come with this next expansion with the cards we haven't seen, obviously, uh, but. I would expect that we're not going to see any support for bombs just because the package has been strong enough as it is. Unless Bomb Warrior maybe recedes in popularity and effectiveness over the next expansion, they might maybe bring some stuff in the third expansion this year, but I would I would really be surprised if we saw many, if any, uh, supportive cards of the Bomb Warrior archetype. So I'm going to try and get uh, get as much out of that as I can. So... Uh, and obviously, we're all counting down the days until August 6th, because that is the day Savers of Old Doom comes out. It's it's kind of weird. I actually tweeted this out the other day that it I, I was looking at the calendar and recognized we only have a few weeks until this expansion comes out, which is kind of absurd to me. At the time when I tweeted it out, we'd only seen 10% of the cards, so like 15 or 14 of the 135 that are coming out. And we had three. We have three weeks now until the expansion's released. One, two, three. Yeah, I'm doing my math right. So, uh, kind of, kind of insane that we haven't seen so many cards. So I did some digging and looked at the last expansion's release schedule, and I forgot they actually only had one week of uh, calendared reveals. So, uh, so now that we've actually, uh, now, now that we're, I, I guess where we're at in the cycle. 
uh, it may feel, I, hopefully some of you feel me on that, that it's like, man, I, I feel like we should know more cards than we, t than we do right now. Um, but this is kind of what they did the last go around. So I guess, I guess it was successful last time. It is interesting to note that they're not doing the, uh, the Twitch um, live card reveals sessions like they did the last round. And I know the first one especially had a lot of technical problems. There were cards that weren't working. Um, it wasn't as interactive or, I, I guess, fun to watch as people were really hoping. Uh, I felt like the second one they really did a much better job on, but maybe they're just taking a break this go-round. Uh, usually those have been really fun to just connect with the team and some personalities that we like. Uh, there is a lot going on with Grandmasters and stuff, so maybe that was uh, that was difficult to figure out too. So, But regardless of what has been done or what we feel like should be done, uh, we have the current schedule now. So if you go, uh, I'll put this link in the show notes. They've put up a card reveal calendar like they do with uh, little teasers of the artwork. There's a lot of uh, cool stuff here. I think we're seeing the cute mummy on July 19th, it looks like, because that's uh, that's front and center on here. Uh, there's a lot of spells. I see a lot of hands with magic and stuff. So uh, there's also a murloc hand holding a fish. So who knows what that will be. <laughs> Uh, there's a Pandaren, there's uh, there's obviously Explorers and stuff. Oh, there's another cute mummy. So, Oh, and another? Are there three cute mummies in this set? Unprecedented. And then I see Togwaggle on July 30th. Guessing that's going to be the Rogue Quest, which we're all just uh, waiting with bated breath because we've been too scarred by Rogue Quests in the past. But... Um, but yeah, lots of fun to see these uh, these little artworks. It's, it was actually interesting. I, when I was going back looking at the Rise of Shadows stuff, I actually looked at some of the teaser arts from then, and I couldn't identify all of them. So if you want to give yourself a, a little challenge, go back to go back to that and try and figure out uh, what is what. Um, but really excited to see more cards. Obviously, you know we hold off on talking about them on this show too much in depth because. Uh, Steve and I are already hard at work on the spreadsheet. And in case you didn't know, uh, for the Patreon members who are at $5 or more, they get access to the spreadsheet as we're updating it with our scores and thoughts. Uh, he and I actually have a lot of fun on there, and uh, there might be internal jokes that uh, deserve to be there and stuff. So, <laughs> um, But if you're interested in that, you can check that out at patreon.com slash thehappyhearthstone, of course. Um, but uh, I can't go without talking about a couple of these cards. So I thought we'd talk about the plagues that we've seen uh, since last time. So uh, the plagues are an archetype of spells, and I think all of the League of Evils classes are going to get them. So we saw the Plague of Death, and now we've seen uh, the Rogue's Plague and the Shaman's Plague. So the Rogue Plague is Plague of Madness. It's a one-mana spell. And it reads, each player equips a 2-2 knife with poisonous. So this kind of goes against exactly what they said plagues were <laughs> right from the get-go. Uh, that it was going to affect the board and uh, massively. This feels much more like a project. Obviously, people were equating this with weapons project because that equipped both players with a weapon. And uh, yeah, it has a very similar feel to it. I've seen a lot of people be really down on this card. So I'm not going to make an argument for it being incredible, because I don't think it is, but I will make an argument for it being decent on a number of different levels. Um, for one, it's a rogue card that costs one. So I think on that, uh, on that effect, you can't uh, just completely dismiss it from the playing field at all. Because one cost and zero cost spells really help rogues play style, period, uh, being able to combo out other stuff. Now, a lot of people are looking at it and saying, well, why would I want to give my opponent the ability to kill two minions? I think that there are two things that people are really looking past. Uh, and one of them most people know is that weapon removal does exist. And I, I've seen a lot of people saying, yeah, but that's just too much and you, sh you shouldn't be doing that. I think that's not accurate. I think that it, you don't just throw Harrison Jones and Plague of Madness in a deck. But if you have more of a control style um, a take on Rogue, then and the meta has weapons in it to some degree, at least an average degree, then it makes sense because you can play Plague of Madness and have Harrison Jones or an Ooze to back it up. So that way you can make quick work of what they got out of it. 
but then you have the backups of using Harrison or Ooze in case uh, in case they just play something. It's also worth saying the Plague of Madness will um, will negate whatever weapon they have also. So if you're playing against a Waggle Pick Rogue, it might be better for them to have a 2-2 weapon with Poisonous rather than get the um, the effect off of the Waggle Pick right when they wanted it. Uh, I've been really, uh, really annoyed by Super Colliders. They haven't been killing me necessarily, but it's just annoying. I think I'd rather let them just kill one thing when I've got a bunch of small stuff on the board rather than be able to kill two. So it could be helpful for that. So even if you don't get the Harrison or the Ooze, uh, it can... Um, all, all of those cards basically will help you in taking care of your opponent's weapons. So that's something that I think people do know to some degree but aren't giving enough credit. The other thing I've been also considering is what if there's some spell rogue that is just super heavy on spells and doesn't have any minions that really matter. I mean, what are the most powerful minions in rogue right now? It's evil miscreant, maybe even evil cable rat. You got Edwin Van Cleef, obviously, so that's a big dude. But if your opponent has to remove it with a knife, at least you got a hit. At least you got the 13 damage there, or whatever he was buffed. I guess 12. I don't think 13 is possible. Uh, and and you, so you're not terribly upset about that. But if you're playing a bunch of small minions that just have a lot of value over time they're not going to get much out of that 2-2 weapon with Poisonous. So I think you can build your deck reasonably, and obviously we have to see more of these rogue cards to know if that's going to be uh, too possible. But I think there's a lot more to this card than people are giving credit for. It's definitely not trashed here. It's not insanely great, but I think there's some interesting implications for what a rogue deck could be, and we're, we've seen signs of what that deck could be already. This isn't just completely hypothetical. So... Don't don't rat it off. I'm sure I'm gonna have to talk Steve up a little bit. Maybe this is my uh, my pre my pregame uh, talk to him, in a way. The other plague, though, I think I think needs no uh, no vouching for because everyone is losing their minds about this for the right reasons. This is plague of Murlocs, a three mana epic shaman spell, and it reads transform all minions into random Murlocs. So that term all minions means all minions on the board, right? This is this is insane. So people have been thinking how interesting this card is because it fits in a lot of different kinds of shaman decks. And I you think about the aggro shaman decks that are out there right now. I I would argue that maybe they're a little a little too strong, but maybe that's because I'm not playing. Well, I feel like Palm Warrior has plenty of control. Anyway, you think about the deck that is just able to spam a bunch of Murlocs on the board, buff them up. Um, maybe even like stuff like Murloc Tidehunter is seeing play because of Murloc. Oh gosh, I'm getting uh, I'm getting pushed in a corner here by my own vernacular. Murloc Tidecaller, I got it. The one mana, uh, one two that gets plus one attack for every Murloc played. Uh, so I, I think re-rolling the two one and the one one off of Murloc Tidehunter is really strong with this. I think what's also interesting, you can go a little heavier on the Lackey package, and you're getting everything off of those are battle cries that are pretty effective, and then you transform them into Murlocs from there. You probably got a pretty good chance of of that going in your favor. So. I, the fact that Murlocs feed off of each other, uh, there are some battle cries that won't necessarily be the best possible or some um, passive effects like Underbelly Angler, but you're setting yourself up potentially for future plays that can be just devastating. And those decks want Bloodlust anyway, and uh, yeah, you just you play that with this. So, so that's interesting thinking about Plague of Murlocs in those decks. I think it'll see play. It may not be the fastest card, for those, but I think that I think that with the value you get off of lackeys, it makes sense to just run those and then have this to reroll them into Murlocs. Uh, but the other side is being able to use this card as a very heavy control card because it reads all minions, so this includes your enemies' minions as well. And whatever your opponent is trying to do in building their board, flipping them into Murlocs is probably counterintuitive for them. <laughs> Now, what's interesting is you could, because they're all Murlocs, if they have several minions on board, you could roll them into a, a board state where they could very easily just win the next turn. If they get one or two Murloc war leaders, it could be game over. 
But I think most of the time you're going to be doing something to whatever their strategy is that's going to just kind of force them into a weird spot. They're going to get, you know, uh, the one, two that gives a Murloc poisonous. They're going to give the two, three that gives Murlocs uh, health. I don't know what Murlocs we're going to see in this set too, either for better or for worse. Uh, they might get Murloc tasty thin and not have Murlocs in their deck. So it's just a three, two. So I think for the most part, you're, you're going to be pretty safe. There are going to be some... Sometimes you play it, obviously, that it just doesn't go your way, but uh, but it's pretty good. I think what's also extremely interesting and worth saying for this card is that Big Priest in Wild finally has a strong counter card. This card being playable on turn three is devastating against Big Priest because turn three is when they can coin out Barnes for the first time, and whatever they get off of him is just going to be insane. But they cannot kill whatever their big minion was on the same turn, at least in the, in the current state. Hopefully they won't do anything to, to change that. Um, but So that means that Barnes, the Yashiraj they pulled, and the Obsidian statue off of that are all gone from their res pool. And in their place could be these dinky little 1-1s. I'm trying to think of what the best thing. I guess they could get Old Murkai. And there actually has been talk about how this card with Old Murkai might be an issue in Wild as well. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think it's it's just, it's nice. And I don't know if they did this intentionally because they've gone on record saying that for the most part they build cards around standard. Um, but to see something like this, it could have a significant, uh, significant reach into the Wild format is just extremely encouraging. So whether they stumbled into it or did it intentionally... I don't care. It's good. <laughs> it's going to be uh, nice for all of our friends in Wild who have been just uh, just sick of uh, that deck for so long. So those are the two plagues we've seen so far. I think it's just the um, what uh, we haven't seen a warlock plague, and we haven't seen. Let's see. We saw the priest. There's one that I'm missing. Oh, warrior, right? Yeah, warrior should have a plague too. So. Um, we haven't seen those yet, but I'm sure we'll see them somewhat soon. Lots of new cards. Again, if you want to check out uh, Steve and I's pre-reviews, you can check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash thehappyhearthstone. And definitely stay tuned for all of the new cards that are coming out. Uh, you can follow me on Twitch also at Andrew is Living. I, I try to send out a tweet for pretty much every reveal that comes out. There is one other thing I want to mention. This Thursday, July 18th at noon, I believe that's Pacific Time, Dave Kosak and the voices of all the characters of the League of Explorers. Actually, I'm seeing two females here. How is that possible? Maybe one of them is uh, Sir Finley. That, <laughs> I guess that's possible. Um, cool. I like that. Uh, they're going to be at the San Diego Comic-Con doing a, uh, a workshop or a conversation, essentially. And we know that we're going to see some cards from that. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that we're going to see the League of Explorers cards. So all four legendaries, I think that we're going to see them. So uh, it just makes sense when you've got the voice actors there to um, to do that. So uh, very excited to see what comes from that. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of speculation, deck building, uh, what, what's that called? Theory crafting and stuff after that. So uh, you definitely want to... Definitely want to stay close to that, to me. I'll keep you in the loop with all of that. Good times ahead. I can't, I cannot wait for this expansion. I should also let you all know that my friends, uh, Saucy Mailman, Rod Johnson, and I are going to be doing another pre-release event. So we're super excited. If you're in the Colorado uh, Springs area, I'm trying to think. You could be in New Mexico, even Wyoming. You could, you could come down and hang out with us if you wanted. Uh, Saturday, August 3rd, we'll be doing the pre-release where you'll be able to open up all your packs and stuff at the coffee shop Hearthstone Native. They've been awesome and really fun to work with, and they make fantastic coffee. So uh, if you're interested in that, I'll, I'll be posting info on my Twitter as well. So uh, Andrew's living. Uh, really excited for that. It'll be at noon, actually. We had to switch the hours around. But if you want to come out for a fun lunch, sling some cards, uh, I think we'll be able to play the Ragnaros uh, big boss fight, too. So that should be that should be a good time. All right. Well, I, I don't want to spend too much time in the sponsor break, especially since I already mentioned the Patreon. The one thing I did want to mention is that with the main topic, with these fun decks to get you through the last few weeks, what I thought would be an interesting thing to try out is to talk through the decks here with you on the podcast. And then one of the things that I do on the Patreon for people who are at $5 and above is I create exclusive videos for them every single week. 
And they've been, because of baby and stuff, they've been a little bit lighter. So what I was thinking to actually make up for some of the weeks I've missed is to make a video about every single one of these decks this week. So I'll talk about them uh, in, in detail here, but if you actually wanna see these decks live, if you wanna see me playing through them and talking you through, it's sort of almost like a group coaching kind of, where you're getting tips based off of how I'm playing and stuff. Uh, try to be really intentional to help you grow and learn as a result of that. Uh, I'm gonna be making a video about each of these this week, for people who are on the Patreon there. So if that's interesting to you, you should definitely go and check it out. I mean, just the value with the uh, review spreadsheet and all that, this is always one of the best months uh, to be a patron of the show. So you can check it out at patreon.com slash the happy hearthstone. Uh, try it out, let me know what you think. And um, I these decks, well, yeah, I, sh I should just jump into that. So uh, here's what we're gonna do. So I've got three decks here. They have been on my decks in Hearthstone Client for a while now. And it's because through the Rise of Shadows meta, I found these decks and they have basically been my go-tos for any challenge of friend quests and any time that I just need a break or to play something on casual for fun. Uh, these three decks are not the most competitive. In fact, I'll, I'll kind of give you an idea. They range from highly competitive to really not competitive at all. <laughs> Um, but I think all of them are very fun. They are extremely different from anything that you've ever seen. I guess one of the three decks has has its roots in a pretty meta deck, but uh, the other two are pretty off the wall. So, uh, and even even the one you'll see is is pretty crazy on its own. So this will be fun. Uh, it'll be pretty different. I, I don't think I've really done like a deck um, a decks for fun show in a very long time, but. Uh, so I'll be eager to hear your feedback on this and see what you think. So we've got a Druid deck, a Hunter deck, and a Mage deck. And I think I'm going to start with the Druid deck to really throw you off here. And and I guess I was really excited to have a Druid deck because I, I'm just not a big fan of Token Druid right now. I've played plenty of it. Um, but uh, I just don't really want to play it, I guess. I, maybe it's because I have played it so much. Uh, and so when I got Elise Starseeker from my pre-order, I was bummed uh, to realize, well, I don't have any Druid decks to play. Enter this deck. And so if you're kind of in a similar place where you want to play with Elise Starseeker, which, by the way, her emotes are the best in the game, potentially, uh, then this could be a deck for you. So I'll, I'll talk you through the deck list real quick. It's got two Innervates, one Biology Project, two Wraths, two Ferocious Howls, two Wild Growths, two Witching Hours, Flabidinous Floop, two copies of Juicy Psych Melon. You heard me right. We're going off the wall here. Two copies of Predatory Instincts, two copies of Swipe, Dollmaster Dorian, Harrison Jones, two Witchwood Grizzlies, Chef Nomi, Two Dream Petal Florists, two Mosh Og Enforcers, Ysera, and two Big Bad Archmages. Andrew, what in the world is going on here? I told you we were going to have a fun time, and this deck is fun. Now, true story, I found this deck by playing against it on the ladder. My opponent beat me with this deck. I think it was in, in the rank 2 range last month. And I was so flabbergasted by this deck that I had to figure out uh, what it was. So I, I kind of tried and filled in some stuff, and I, I got uh, for sure most of this right at least. I, there might be a card or two that I, that I didn't quite get right, but uh, this is a Nomi Druid list, and it is funky for sure. So some of the big things you may have heard and been going, what? Wild Growth is in this deck. Uh, Dream Petal Florist is in this deck. So the idea with the, and Biology Project also, and Innervates. So the idea is you really want to get to your big threats as quickly as possible. And typically that's through some kind of combination of uh, Wild Growth and Innervate. Sometimes you have to use the Biology Project early. You really don't want to because if you're giving your opponent uh, two mana crystals, that can really help them out more so than it helps you in the moment of getting the one, essentially, is what you get for it. So Wild Growth and Innervate, though, can, uh, can get you to ramp up quickly. 
Now, Predatory Instincts is in the deck and, and Witching Hour only because of Witchwood Grizzly. Witchwood Grizzly is basically your mechanic to stall out the game into where you need to get to go. Uh, that was not the right way to say that. <laughs> uh, Witchwood Grizzly is your mechanism to get where you need to go. There we go. I can use words, I promise. So Predatory Instincts is a tutor, and if you don't remember, it's four mana, draw a beast from your deck, double its health. So Witchwood Grizzly is the only beast in this deck. So drawing it and doubling its health to 24 is absolutely bonkers. It, that means if your opponent has a full hand, it's a 5 mana 314, I, I think, if that's right. Uh, they would only have 9 cards, usually. So I guess that's doing math. 13. 15. 315. 5 mana 315 with Taunt. So that's crazy. Witching Hour, three mana, summon a random friendly beast that died this game, is only going to pull Witchwood Grizzly. And you don't have the downside of the battle cry. So it brings back a 312 taunt, which is insane. So if those things play outright, you have a very good stall mechanic to get you into the later game. Dream Petal Florist, we haven't seen really since Togwaggle Druid, which you only wanted to use Dream Petal Florist in a very specific situation. In this deck, you just want to play it and get a discount off something. Now, Chef Nomi obviously is probably the exception to the rule on that one because you're saving that for your late game. But Moshog Enforcer, Ysera, and Big Bad Archmage, if you can get any discounts off of that, you definitely, definitely want them. Uh, Dollmaster Dorian is in this list because along with... Uh, Juicy Psych Melon, if you can play them both at 9 mana, you will draw, uh, typically, Dream Petal Flores, Moshog Enforcer, Ysera, and Big Bag of Archmage. Now, Ysera is your only 9 mana minion, so if you've drawn it, you won't get that. Um, but you can get three 1-1s, and that's, uh, the Dream Petal Florist will give you a tick off something. Moshog Enforcer will force your opponent to do two things in order to get through. And then Big Bad Archmage will still summon something for you. So all of them are still very much upside that's worth your time. And um, yeah, it's it, it just it feels insane when it happens. And then if you do get Yseria, you get the Dream card, obviously. So in the late game, obviously, you want to draw through your entire deck. Your opponent is probably going to think like I did when I was going against this, that you're just dead. You went through your whole deck. Maybe they've been able to survive. Typically, you're putting so many threats on the board that they can't. But in the case that they're ahead, now all of a sudden, Chef Nomi comes out of nowhere, and they are like, what? I have to deal with six, six, sixes? Well, I'll, I'll just deal with it. Maybe they still have a brawl. They're done. And then you Flabidinous Floop, which, which copies whatever you played last, right? Which is Chef Nomi and will do the same thing as Chef Nomi did. And if you're really lucky, when you've had Ysera on the board, you got Dream, which is the zero mana spell that returns a minion to its owner's hand. So you've got two guaranteed procs off Chef Nomi and a possible third, I mean, fourth, you could have infinite potentially from Ysera. Uh, but yeah, this card, this deck is really, really interesting. It's very different from any other playstyle. I, I, I think that this one is an average level of competitiveness because it's so unexpected. Your opponent really can't uh, can't anticipate what you're doing. Once they learn you're not token druid, they're like, well, what are you doing? <laughs> And the amount of Witchwood Grizzlies, the value you get off of Dorian, and the fact that you've got a late-game threat with Nomi uh, means that you've got a lot of gas in the tank. So I would highly recommend this deck for casual play, for getting Druid uh, uh, quests out of the way, obviously. And if you're really feeling spicy, go ahead and take it on ladder. See how it does. See what it's strong against. You will definitely have the... Um, the mark of, uh, or the, uh, the act of surprise on your side. So that is the Nomi Druid. Let's move on to the second list. This is probably the most competitive list out of all of these. This is a Spell Silence Hunter list. So this deck list has two copies of Rapid Fire, two Secret Plans, two Trackings, two Ancient Watchers, two Dalaran Librarians, two Sun Fury Protectors, two Animal Companions, two Arcane Watchers, two Faceless Ragers, two Kill Commands, two Ancient Mages, that's the classic minion, uh, four mana, two, five, battle cry, give adjacent minions spell damage, plus one, two copies of Mark Shot, two Spellbreakers, two Baited Arrows, one Unleash the Beast, and one Verisa Windrunner. 
this list I actually saw somebody took to Legend, I think it was last month. And it was on the Asia server, so you always have to take that with a grain of salt if you're not playing on that server. There are different gameplay styles where different lists can do better than others. This is the only person I've heard, though, doing well with this list. So it's the most competitive because somebody did well with it. But don't take that as saying it's like a meta breaker or the new meta deck by any stretch, okay? Uh, now, that being said, this is extremely unique. Since when have we seen a silence uh, list outside of Priest? Because Priest has more of the silence options, but the interesting thing is with Dalaran Librarian, which is the new 2-mana two 2-3 two, from Rise of Shadows, Battlecry, Silence Adjacent Minions. It's a neutral minion, so technically this package can fit anywhere. But I think what's really, uh, really fascinating about this is how the list actually um, doesn't just rely on the silencing effect, because it's just got the Dalaran Librarian and the Spellbreakers in there for that. But it also embraces the spell damage aspect as well. So there are lots of spells that can do a lot of damage, obviously. And then the Arcane Watcher, the three mana five six that can't attack unless you have spell damage. I, usually what happens is you will play the Arcane Watcher and your opponent will think, I need to make sure that they don't have spell damage. So I'm going to kill stuff that has spell damage. And then I, because a, a five six minion is really tough to take care of. And I played against this deck once, and that was my game plan, game plan uh, was to just make it so that they couldn't attack with it. I could not keep up with them, essentially. <laughs> they kept putting stuff on the board that took advantage of it. Um, you know, you've got Ancient Mage is a really interesting card where getting two spell damage, if you've got two minions on the board, uh, being able to uh, attack with a 5-6 minion on turn three with no downside... It essentially is just insane. Uh, Baited Arrow becoming a deal five damage and kill or and summon a five five Devil Sword if you do the overkill thing is crazy. Uh, getting Mark Shot spell damage. There's just a lot to this. Uh, I think Faceless Rager is also really interesting because if you have an Ancient Watcher or an Arcane Watcher on board, then you've immediately got a five six or a five five minion uh, for three mana with no downside other than I guess it can be silenced. So. This is a really interesting deck. It's got a lot of nuances to it. If you like the Silence Priest mechanism, this has that in it, uh, but it also has a very aggressive bend to it because of all of the spell uh, damage. Hunter always wants to go face, and especially with uh, the insane spell damage in here. Uh, you're going to want that even more. So uh, really cool deck and a very different play style from all the mech hunters and uh, death rattle hunters that we've seen so far. So uh, you can try that one out. And I would say that it, it could potentially get you somewhere. I haven't had enough uh, success with it yet to tell you for sure, go for it on the ladder. But uh, sure, why not? Go for it on the ladder. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Third deck we've got here is a mage deck. And boy, do I have a story with this one. So uh, this is the one that does have its roots in a uh, in an archetype, so it does have the Conjurer's Mage bend to it, but I promise you this deck is not what you expect, okay? So we'll start out here on the deck list with Archmage Aragal, two copies of books, Book of Spectres, two Doomsayers, Cadgar, two Conjurer's Calling, two Mind Control Techs, Stargazer Luna, two copies of Voodoo Doll, Two Arcane Keysmiths, Luna's Pocket Galaxy, Ziliax, two Mossy Horrors, two Amani Warbears, two Rabble Bouncers, two Star Aligners, yes, you heard me right, Star Aligners, two Tunnel Blasters, okay, now what's going on, Undasta, and two copies of Mountain Giant. This deck is crazy. And yet again, this is one that I faced up on the ladder and lost hard against. Now, the main culprit of insanity that you may have heard in this list is one Star Aligner. This is, yes, Star Aligner in standard. Now, as a, as a reminder, 7 mana, 7-7, seven, seven, battle cry. If you control three minions with seven health, deal seven damage to all enemies. So that's minions and your opponent, uh, hero health, that thing. Now, the and, and just in case you haven't played much with Star Aligner, 
summoning it does count as the third minion. So you have to have two minions on board when you play Starliner in order to trigger the effect. So I have to give a huge shout out to my buddy Matt at Arms. Many of you guys may know him in the podcasting content creation space. He uh, he actually messaged me this morning saying he had an 80 gold quest. And as always, I'm happy to oblige in those. And Matt is a, uh, a, a, a purveyor, a connoisseur, I would say, of the oddity decks. And so I was really excited. I was trying to pick one of these three. Which one would really throw him off the most and get him excited? And I chose this one. And I had the nuts, like, by a long shot. So I had a Doomsayer on two. Now, he had played an Underbelly Angler and then buffed it with uh, Elemental... What, what is that? The plus two, plus two? I can't remember exactly. And uh, used a Lightning Bolt to take care of my Doomsayer. How did I get rid of it? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, I Conjurer's calling it because I had that in my hand. And I was like, well, I can't let him have an angler on board. So he got a, a couple, a Defiance Cleanser and a Soup Vendor off of it. And so he kept on flooding the board. He got some more Murlocs on there and stuff. I was able to coin out Luna's Pocket Galaxy on turn four. And then I think it was turn five. He had a very wide board with a bunch of Murlocs and other stuff. I played Rabble Bouncer for one, Rabble Bouncer for one, Starliner, which I had just drawn for one. So for three mana, I had two two sevens with Taunt and a seven seven, and I cleared his board and dealt seven damage to him. And I can imagine the, I, I don't even know, he'll have to tell you exactly how he felt at that moment. Um, but that was by far the best possible scenario where your opponent has just uh, overextended, they're really trying to get aggressive, and you're able to cheat out an insane amount uh, to stop them. I, I had the second Conjurer's Calling in hand, or the Twin Spell version of it, and used that on one of my Rabble Bouncers, and just, yeah, I, I think I won in a couple turns. Because those, those Starliners dealing seven damage every turn is not a, uh, not a small amount of damage. So, there was, uh, yeah... That was insanity. It was a lot of fun, for me at least. Uh, he he told me that he was basically in love with the deck, so I'm eager to hear, uh, Matt, if you if you were able to play it and get some uh, get some stuff out of it, some funds. So so that's obviously the big thing with Starliner. You want you want hopefully to trigger it from Luna's Pocket Galaxy, get it really cheap, get some of these other big minions really cheap, and then uh, be able to actually trigger its effect and just create a very huge board that your opponent probably can't deal with. You've got a ton of seven health minions in here, so the Rabble Bouncers are in there, Amani Warbear's in there, uh, Mossy Horror, that can be your best friend for clearing the board also, and the Tunnel Blasters. Now, Undas is really interesting. Uh, it's a it's also a seven health minion, and the the only other beast in the deck is Amani Warbear. So the hope is that if you trigger the overkill, you've got an Amani Warbear in hand, and then that can rush also. So you're actually able to deal with the board um, a lot more proactively. And the Mountain Giant Conjurer's Calling, it's just too good to not put in here. You have a lot of early game stuff to try and delay. Uh, so stuff like Doomsayer, uh, you've got Voodoo Dolls, which with your hero power, it's basically a five mana delete something. And then the Arcane Keysmiths are pretty good too, honestly. I That's probably the one flex spot, I would say. I don't know what you would put in its place, but being able to trigger some secrets that can either, you know, get you eight armor, kill a minion... Uh, there's a lot of different things that could actually help out significantly. Uh, I guess if you get the splitting image and you have Rabble Bouncer or Money Warbear on board, that's pretty good too. Uh, or Tunnel Blaster. Heck, why not? So, uh, yeah, Star Aligner Mage. It's insane. It is probably the least competitive out of everything. I mean, that nuts game that I had against Man at Arms is the exception, not the rule by any stretch. Uh, but it is very fun, especially when you're able to get it to work. I mean, being able to play Star Aligner, you want to talk about the um, the uh, being able to surprise your opponent. And uh, they are not going to expect Star Aligner no matter what you're doing. So, uh, yeah. Very cool, uh, very weird, wacky deck. So those are the three. Uh, if you want the deck lists for these, I mean, I read them off fast. So unless you got the client up, you know, that's going to be tough. I will have the deck lists over in the show notes at thehappyhearthstone.com. If you go there and click on the main uh, the main image on there, you should go straight into this episode. If, uh, if you're listening to this as it's released, if you're listening to this in the future, you might have to go back and find it. You can actually search for it. Or actually, the link's right there in your podcast app, too. So you can click on that and go to it as well. 
So, uh, so yeah, just some fun stuff there. And as a reminder for patrons that are at $5 or above, I'm going to be recording gameplay footage with each of these decks uh, to help you get a little more in depth with them. I mean, uh, you know, heads up that these are fun decks. So I'm hoping to have some fun to share with you. Um, but you can learn the nuances of it and see some very different stuff. And, uh, you know, if you like this stuff that I make, this is just more of that. So would love uh, to see you over there. So let's go ahead and move to our community section. No reviews this week. In fact, we haven't seen some in some time. And uh, this is sort of a down month for people as far as Hearthstone's concerned, so I get that. Uh, but if you are one of the few and the faithful and you haven't left one before, I would really, really appreciate it. It helps the show forever. If you want to leave your mark on the Happy Hearthstone, uh, you can definitely go and do that in iTunes or in Apple Podcasts in your app and just tell people why you like the show. Uh, that would be very helpful, and I'd love to read it, and I also uh, love to give away some coaching. So I think it's at the end of this month, actually, we'll be giving one away. So let's talk about a card, though, after I just wow you with this incredible song. Here we go. Bum, 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 bum. I remember when, I remember when Tyrion Forging was good. He was played in every paladin deck. Nothing could be better in the late game than this crusade. Er. So who do you, who do you, who do you, who do you think you are? Bringing those robots and thinking they're better. Just because the stack of them and get, and get all buffed up doesn't make them great. Actually, I guess it totally does. Because the Kangor's endless army. Kangor's endless army. Bringing back buffed mechs in sets of three. Yeah. <laughs> so I mentioned it very briefly that I played some Make Paladin. And I wanted to talk about Kangor's Endless Army. Seven mana, Paladin Legendary spell, resurrect three friendly mechs. They keep any magnetic upgrades. This card is absolutely the reason why, uh, why the deck is insane. What's interesting to me is that a lot of the decks that are doing well right now, uh, that are Mech Paladin, are also running the Rusty, Rusty Recycler, the 5-mana 2-6 with Lifesteal, just because if you magnetize anything on it, even if you don't, because sometimes you whiff with Gangor's Endless Army, uh, you at least have Taunt and Lifesteal in the way to be able to help uh, get you back in the game. Because really with Kangor's Endless Army, what you're hoping for is stuff like Mechano Egg or the 8-8 that came from that and buffed with Anoyo Module and Zilliax and all of the things. I played a mirror match with, uh, with uh, Mech Paladin and oh my goodness. I mean, we were playing with 11-13s with Divine Shield and Lifesteal. Like both of us had multiple of those. I was, I was able to eke out the win. I don't even... Actually, no, I do remember how. They played... The one mana spell uh, that uh, the, whenever this minion attacks, draw a card. They played it twice on a minion. I played mine once on, on that same minion. And they attacked so many times, I was like, I think if I can get them to fatigue, I'm going to win this. And I totally did. So, And thankfully, their Kangra's Endless Army wasn't great. So, uh, yeah, you're playing with fire with Kangra's Endless Army. You want to be careful that you play it not too late in the game. Because if you... The, the further you go into the game, the more diluted your pool of res resurrected mechs can be. If you play really tight up front and get only minions that have those magnetic upgrades, you can pretty much guarantee that you're going to have three huge minions. And the Divine Shield, I mean, it tends to break, uh, break your opponent's ability to use AoE spells or anything to get rid of them. So... Uh, definitely worth running and definitely a lot of fun. If you haven't played Mech Paladin yet, this expansion, I would highly encourage you to check it out. Uh, if you have the card, it may not be worth uh, crafting. We're kind of in that time right before this new expansion comes out. You really don't want to craft anything, especially legendary uh, cards right now, because you want to be saving your dust for what's to come from Saviors of Uldum. We have no clue, really. Uh, on a large scale. So, but Kangor's Endless Army is fun. Mech Paladin, really, really strong. So go check it out for sure. All right, let's wrap up today by reminding you, as always, that you are the happy Hearthstone. This show is made for you. It's sustained for you. I, I, I really want to thank you. I know I probably stumble over myself and say it too often, but it really is a joy and an honor to get to hang out with you. 
just the fact that you would pull up your, your podcast app, choose the Happy Hearthstone, uh, it means so much to me. And I'm so thankful to be able to uh, to just make this show and to have you along in the journey. If you're new to the show, I really encourage you and take your next step uh, in engaging with the community. That can be as simple as following me on Twitter at Andrews Living, joining our Discord community at thehappyhearthstone.com slash Discord, leaving an iTunes review. There's plenty of free stuff that and free ways that you can support the show. Of course, Patreon is the best way to support the show and to get some great perks like joining the Inner Fire, which is an exclusive group uh, that I've created where we're sharing deck lists and talking strategies pretty constantly. I've been having some great discussions lately in there. We're kind of a lot of us in that group right now. I mean, we 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 take the latter very seriously. And yet this month, we're even feeling it where it's like, I don't know how much I really want to engage. But uh, it's been a great place to just uh, connect, encourage one another, and just share what we're learning as we go. And of course, I have to send a huge thank you, as always, to the producers of the Happy Hearthstone, Menach, KJ Miller, and Brian O. Thank you three so much for your support. Um, I actually, I owe you all emails uh, figure, to figure out our uh, one-on-one coaching this month. So we'll definitely figure that out very soon. But thank you so much for uh, for believing in the show and for supporting it directly as much as you do. Truly, it would not be what it is without you. So thank you. And I'd love to hear what you thought about this show, especially since it was a little bit different in any future shows. So send me an email at thehappyharstonergmail.com or you can tweet at me at Andrew is Living. Great ways to connect there. You can also follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Living. I don't have a regular schedule, but if you do that and turn on notifications, you'll know when I uh, have a harebrained uh desire to stream actually we have a guy checking out our internet today so maybe it'll be uh, maybe i'll be able to play hearthstone on stream crazy idea but <laughs> that'll be good so thank you all so much i hope you're as excited as i am during saviors of Oldum reveal season oh my gosh i just can't wait to see these cards i can't wait to see what the league of explorers cards are because those are going to be built around crazy cards and uh yeah i just have a feeling that uh this set i, I mean every set is always impactful that's not necessarily true because last year everything was overshadowed by Baku and Ken. Uh, but this year we're in a healthier spot where I think these cards are going to have a, a lot of margin and grounds to be able to create new archetypes and shake things up and it'll be a lot of fun. But in the meantime, keep on enjoying these uh, this game. Uh, definitely check out those deck lists over at thehappyhearthstone.com if you want to try them out for yourself. And I would love to hear stories about these, these decks especially since they are so crazy. So feel free to send those my way. I hope you have an amazing week. Uh, enjoy the time enjoy uh, enjoy your life because you only get one and uh, love you very much thanks again for visiting the happy hearthstone and having a little fun with us i'll see you next time If you haven't pre-ordered Savers of Old Doom yet, uh, there is a way to do it through Amazon Coins that actually allows you to get the single player for free when it's released uh, with your pre-order. And you can support the show in the process. This is actually the exact process I use to pre-order the expansions every time they come out because saving 20 bucks, it can add up. And for many of us who really love this game, want to support it and uh, go in with a pre-order, it's the best way to get your uh, your bang for your buck, even if you're just buying it at full price. Uh, but getting a little discount really adds up. If you do this for each expansion throughout the year, you can save yourself 60 bucks. That's essentially, uh, well, you can put that into more packs, you can put it in your family, you can do whatever you want with it. If this interests you, go and check out the blog article that I have written. If you go to the happyhearthstone.com and scroll down to the bottom, you'll see a list of the most recent blog articles and, and the, very, uh, the newest one says how to get the single player for savers of older free with your pre-order. Click on that and you can see the entire process. Uh, those links in there support the show directly. So thank you so much for those of you uh, who do that. I think this is the, one of the best ways to support the show because uh, many of you probably are pre-ordering <laughs> the expansion already. This lets you do it at a discount and supporting the Happy Hearthstone at the same time. Win, win, win. So go check it out again over at thehappyhearthstone.com. And thank you so much for listening and supporting the Happy Hearthstone.